Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Bring God's Word with you tonight. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to go with the flow and preach along a certain line. That I believe the Lord has laid upon my heart tonight. It won't take very long, but it will revolutionize your life. And if you're out there and you think, well, I've heard that before, you better humble yourself right now and just get yourself ready to receive from God. Because if you think you know it, you're going to miss it. But if you think you don't know it, you'll get more. So take heed what you hear and how you hear it. Fathers, we approach your word, but do so with reverence and humility, thanking you for its provisions. And want our ears to hear it, our hearts to receive it, and minds to be open to it, and change us according to it, from glory to glory, by your Spirit. Father, I thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost, and we believe we'll be changed, dear Father God, and we will walk in the light of your word, the light of your will, by the power of your Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles, if you would, please, to Luke's Gospel, chapter 10 and verse 19. And I want to talk to you about the power of God tonight. How important is the power of God to your life? Do you know how important it really is? Do you value it? Hallelujah. Do you really value it? Do you want to promote it? Do you want it to increase in your life? talk about some of those things. Anybody here remember a Bible figure by the name of Samson? One of the judges of Israel. He's a judge for about 20 years, endowed with supernatural power and strength from above. And when that power was on him and in manifestation, he was able to rip off one of the uh, doors to the city or the gates. He was also able to kill a thousand Philistines with a jawbone of a donkey. I mean, he did all kinds of exploits in the name of the Lord by the power of God, like killing a lion with his bare hands. Well, that power that was in his life was essential to his success. And that was proven when one day he lost that power. You know the story of Samson and Delilah. Eventually it came to pass that he lost that power, and as a result of losing the power of God that was on him and in his life, he found himself defeated and living a defeated life. I want you to think about that just for a moment. He found himself defeated and living a defeated life. He thought he could still do what he did before even though his hair was cut. And he could not. And he was in shock. He came to realize that he played around with God just too much. He toyed with sin too much. As a result, he gave in to Delilah. He lost his power when his hair was cut. He was blind. He was bound. He was found grinding at the mill of his enemies. What a life. You see, there was a big difference between having and not having the power of God, wasn't there? 
He was somebody when he had the power of God. He was a nobody without it. You know, without Jesus, we can't do anything. We can do nothing. Apart from his power in our life and presence in our lives, we and ourselves are incapable of doing what is necessary to fulfill God's purpose and plan in us and in our lives and for our lives. Many believers today are like the shorn Samson. They have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. They're trying to live a Christian life without the power of God in their lives. They're trying to do the will of God without the power of God in their lives. They are defeated in life. They are blind and grinding at the mill of the enemy because of their spiritual blindness and the scales that are over their eyes that do not allow them to see the need to have this great mighty power of God manifested in their lives. Beloved, I don't know about you, but I've come to recognize that without the power of God in my life, I'm nothing. Zechariah said, it's not by power nor might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. It doesn't matter how intelligent a man is. It doesn't matter what kind of oratorical skills he has. It doesn't matter what kind of resources he has. If he is wealthy or whatever, he still lacks power. He still is in need of the mighty power of God in his life. He needs that power. And if he doesn't think so, he is deceived by the enemy. Even Christians that are out there today that have this form of godliness but deny the genuine power of God are in a bad way. The, the enemy has them spiritually blind. He has them defeated. He has them grinding at his own mill. Life is a grind, a daily grind, because they lack power. Beloved, there are two sources for power. And I want to share those two sources with us tonight briefly and set our spirits ablaze and rekindle within every single one of us a desire and a zeal to walk in a greater manifestation of the power and might of God. In Luke's Gospel, chapter 10 and verse 19, we see the first source of power. Behold, I give unto you power. Unless Jesus gives it, you don't have it. Unless Jesus gives it, I don't possess it. I give unto you power. But that Greek word there, translated power, is the word that means exousia, which means authority. I give you authority. Now notice, to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. This authority is the legal right to exercise dominion over all the power of the enemy. Listen carefully. Every child of God has been delegated this authority or this power. It's been given to us from above by God and is to be used by every child of God to control the 
the forces of darkness around him. Why would Jesus give this power to them if it was not for their use? They were to take it. They were to use it. They were to overcome with it. They were to defeat the enemy with it. They were to stand victorious in the world with it. And that's why he gave it to them. Now listen carefully. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to look at chapter 1 also. Because I want you to see how this power is unleashed in a child of God's life. Too often we fail to recognize the means and the ways that God has chosen to allow us to use His power in the earth. In the book of Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3, we have a revelation that tells us that through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. That means that everything that we see in this realm of life, the whole universe, the world as we know it, was brought into being by the Word of God. Faith-filled words spoken from the mouth of God brought this world into being. Just keep that in our minds. Go back to Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3. Who being the brightness of His glory, the express image of His person, upholding all things by the word of His power. That means that everything that's been brought into this world is to be controlled or maintained by the word of God's power. That's talking about God is supreme in authority. And God controls the world. God controls the universe. God controls all things by the word of His power. And that word of His authority and power is behind everything known to mankind. Illustration. Go on back to the book of Psalms 104. I want to demonstrate to you just how powerful a word can be. In Psalm 104 and verse 9, speaking of God's acts of creation, here it is revealed to us that God Himself has set a bound that the waters of the sea may not pass over. Thou hast said abound that they may not pass over, that they turn not again to cover the earth. I want you to notice, he has set abound. What set that bound? The spoken word of God. A few more references. Look at Jeremiah chapter 5, if you would, please. Verse 22 says, Fear ye not me, saith the Lord. Will ye not tremble at my presence, which have placed the sand for the bound of the sea by a perpetual decree? Did you hear that? By a perpetual decree that it cannot pass it. And though the ways thereof toss themselves, yet can they not prevail. Though they roar, yet can they not pass over it. Why can't the waters of the sea pass over the sand? Because of a word 
of authority, a decree spoken by God has set a bound. And although the waters, the mighty waters, hurricane waters of the sea, fierce as they may be, cannot pass over. Because God upholds all things by the word of His power. He is supreme in authority. And His word has that kind of awesome power. Look in the book of Proverbs, another reference in chapter 8. And verse 29. When He gave to the sea His decree that the waters should not pass His commandment, when He appointed the foundations of the earth. When God appointed the foundations of the earth, He gave to the sea His decree. And that decree was that the waters should not pass His commandment. I'm saying this to unveil to us the power of God's Word. The authority in God's Word. How the command of God or the decree of God cannot be prevailed over no matter how fierce the waters are. Beloved, He uses His words to control and maintain the world that He created. Write this verse down. In Genesis 1, 26, when He made man, He made him in His glorious image and likeness and said, I give you dominion. I give you authority in the earth to subdue it, to conquer it, to overcome it, to control it by the words of your mouth. When, he's, when Jesus Himself told His disciples, I give you authority over all the power of the enemy, He was saying, you are to keep under control the powers of Satan. Satan's powers, no matter how he may roar, cannot prevail against you. As long as you speak my word. See, here is the source for God's power right here. He has spoken. He has given unto us His authority. He has delegated to us the right to exercise dominion in the earth over everything that pertains to the kingdom of God darkness. We, as His children, are to act in the earth as ambassadors representing Him and demonstrating the mighty word of His power. Too often many have failed to recognize the power in their words. And they have mocked this kind of teaching at their own expense. Hold that thought there just for a moment and I want to reveal to you number two. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, we have another source for power. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, but ye shall receive power. Now this is a different word for power. This is dunamis. 14.11 in your strongest concordance. And it is the ability or the supernatural might of God. You shall receive the supernatural power, supernatural ability, supernatural might of God. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. 
There are believers in the earth today that do not believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost as Pentecostals believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And what they are do, what they are doing is they are cutting themselves off from the very miracle ability of God. The supernatural power and might of the living God is available to them. But because of deception, they have closed the door to this part of God's dynamic power. The miracle ability of God is for them. But yet, they deny it. How sad. And how God must look at that and sends sadness within his own being. His own children do not want to be filled with his almighty power. Listen carefully. Samson operated in a strength that was beyond human. He operated in the power of the living God. And as long as he walked in harmony with the will of God, that power was there to manifest when it was needed. The moment he rebelled and became disobedient, the power of God was no longer evident in his life. He then became victimized by the enemy, was defeated, blind, bound, and grinding at the mill of his enemy. At the end of his life, and ministry, we discover that his hair began to grow back. As a result of his hair growing back, his crying out to God for mercy, he once again was able to taste the awesome, mighty power of God in his life. You know the story. How he brought down the foundation of the arena and how many died as a result of the power of God that was manifested in his life. The enemy once again was defeated. But look at for how many years or how, length of a, how long of a time he failed to experience the power of God because of his disobedience. It goes to show us, beloved, that there is indeed a supernatural power beyond the realm of human scope. And that power indeed is available, but we have got to cooperate with God. When Samson cooperated with God, there was power to do the impossible. When he disobeyed, the power was gone. It was not activated. It was not there, present in his life. Now, beloved, I don't think we have any problem dealing with the fact that his strength was in his hair. I realize it was a vow, the vow of a Nazarene or Nazareth. Nazarite, I realize that, but listen carefully. When his hair was cut, the power was gone. There is in our lives, in our bodies, in our anatomy, something that can be used to promote both the authority of God and also the miracle, supernatural ability of God. There really is. But many Christians 
back off from this kind of teaching. And that part of the human makeup is the tongue. The tongue. The tongue has something to do with the authority of God and the tongue has something to do with the power or the dunamis or the miracle working ability of God. I want you to turn with me to the book of James, if you would, please. In chapter 1 and chapter 3, and these will be our closing texts. In James chapter 1 and also in James chapter 3. In James chapter 1 and verse 26, we are told, If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Chapter 3, verse 2, And many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven with fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listed. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on, on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeded blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Our words release the, the power of the authority and the ability of God. The words that we speak according to Jesus have the power to condemn us or to justify us. Our words are containers of either life or death. We can exercise the power of God or the authority of God and there is a difference between the two. Authority is like an, a, a figure of authority, like a police officer who says something to someone with authority and you listen to what that police officer has to say. And you know the government stands behind his position. You, as a child of God, are a figure of authority in the spirit world. The whole government of heaven stands behind you. And when you speak words of faith that line up with your God-given authority, I want you to know you will control the powers of darkness. You will control the world in which you live. You will set the course of your life on righteousness. The life that you live will be one of righteousness, one of health, one of healing, one of blessing, one of victory, if you and I learn how to speak with authority the Word of God. As we speak the Word of God through our lips from a heart filled with faith, God's authority is manifested. 
His power is tangible. And I want you to know that whatever it is that you are speaking to, you have the power to set the limits or the bounds. Would the God that we can so grasp this, that we can look at a cancerous tumor and say, you will not pass over any further. I set bounds for you in the name of Jesus. You will now begin to diminish until you leave this body. Can you see that? Can you see that? See, we can see it when we read that God decreed that the waters of the mighty ocean shall not pass over the sand upon the seashore. Let them roar. Let them be fierce. It doesn't matter. God spoke. Can we arrive at a place that we recognize that God says, I have given you delegated authority so that you can exercise by the words of your mouth dominion in this world. You can speak to the tree. You can speak to the mountain. You can speak to your finances. You can speak to the problem and it must obey you. See, the problem is, beloved, low self-esteem, inferiority, the results of the fall, reducing us to a place that even many still today think, I'm just a worm in the dust. My goodness, don't be so deceived by the devil. You are not a worm in the dust. You are a figure of authority. You are the righteousness of God. You have power. You have dominion. And your voice, as far as God is concerned, is to be heard in the earth with regard to your life. You can speak the word of life. You can speak the word of death. You can speak blessing. You can speak cursing. You can speak healing. You can speak disease. You can be bound by your enemy, snared by the words of your mouth if you want to, or you can liberate yourself knowing the truth will make you free. Listen to Paul the Apostle. I will not be brought under the power of any. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. Yea, I am more than a conqueror through him that loves me. Listen to his language. The Lord my God delivered me out of all of my afflictions. He's speaking words of faith. Authority. A source. A power. You and I have the authority of God. We have the delegated power of God to control the enemy and liberate ourselves from his power but that must register upon our hearts and upon our minds. Also, the tongue in Ephesians chapter 5 talks about the fact that when a person sings in the Spirit, speaks in the Spirit, prays in the Spirit, that person generates the very power of the living God. You and I, by the use of the tongue, once again can generate... Now, this is dunamis. This is miracle power. This is the dynamic power of God, the, the power of His might that performs miracles and signs and wonders and demonstrates the ability of God to a lost and needy world by the use of the tongue. As we pray in the Holy Ghost, we build ourselves up in our most holy faith. As we sing and pray in the Spirit, the Bible says we are filled with the Spirit of God and we give place to 
the power of God. We generate within our lives the very power of God. There is an increase of the anointing of God as we pray in the Spirit. You see why the enemy wants to see to it that he stops us from praying in the Holy Ghost? You see why he wants to see to it that we don't speak the Word of God on a daily basis? He doesn't want us to have this depth of revelation because if we do, we line up with God's Word and we have these two sources of power manifested in our lives. God wants us to know saints, that we have power and authority over all the power of the enemy. And we can use this little member, this tongue, just as his hair represented the very fact that he was in harmony with God. He vowed before God. He was dedicated to God. And that power was ever present. But now it's this. It's not the hair. It's the tongue. It's the tongue. Do you believe in your words? Do you believe you have authority? Do you believe that when you pray in the Holy Ghost you generate miracle power? Do you believe something takes place on the inside of your innermost being and you're building yourself up on your most holy faith as you pray in the Holy Ghost and you're keeping yourself in the love of God? Do you think there is an action inside your spirit in which, by which rather the Holy Ghost is unleashed on the inside of you? And do you really believe that you have power over all the power of the enemy that is authority? And remember, if authority has been delegated to you, then you have the responsibility to do what? Exercise that authority with a firm hand and a strong voice. I recommend, beloved, to every single one of us that we take these truths more seriously. Take them to heart and begin a daily practice of speaking with authority to those things that represent the kingdom of darkness and those things that try to hold us in bondage. I recommend that we take it to heart and pray in the Holy Ghost with understanding and generate this kind of power so that it is there available to us when we are in need. And I firmly believe, beloved, that if we do, lives will be revolutionized. You will not be defeated. You will not be spiritually blind. You will not be bound by your enemy and grinding at his mill. You won't be that way. Your life will not be that way. I believe this is a message that liberates every child of God from the powers of darkness and from the forces that are out there targeting his or her life on a daily basis. I believe that you have the power through your words to unleash God's ability so that your finances can do a turnaround. I believe that you can speak if you are in a business with words of authority that will stop the interference of Satan and allow your business to prevail. I believe that we can arrive at a place where we can use the words of authority that God has ordained in our lives and put a stop to demon activity. But the thing is, we have got to develop in it. Jesus was highly developed in it, and Jesus demonstrated the potential that every single one of us has if we just learn to line up with the Word and cooperate with the Spirit. Beloved, I believe that this is a work of God in this generation right now. 
the coming together of faith and power, the Word of God that is authority, and the power of God that is His Spirit's unleashing in God's people's lives. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about learning more, about appropriating it, and walking in the light of it. What about you? Let's all stand up together before the Lord. Thank you for listening to our Legacy Teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.